0: a product of the Lindenwood University, and he's a regular on the opening drive with Carrie and Randy on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Mr. Amzinger. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm
1: doing well. I'm still amazed at Roger Maris Jr.'s commentary last night. Uh, It got me fired up. I completely agreed with him. Fergie Jenkins, the Hall of Famer, sent out a tweet that if Aaron Judge, hits another home run, he is the single-season home run King and uh, I-, I loved it. I-, I loved what Roger Maris Jr. said. I remember uh, looking right at him the night and Big Mac did it, and uh, he had egg on his face because he was along for the ride like the rest of us. It was a really cool moment to see someone so candid approach a topic that no one wants to talk about, and it just kind of opened up a can of worms. And I and I and I went off last night on MLB Network,
0: which is great. And so you you don't think that the abilities of Barry Bonds or Mark McGuire were such that they were all-time greats. So McGuire hit 49 in his rookie year. No tint of steroids there. Barry Bonds, clearly a Hall of Famer before there was any hint of performance enhancers there. So what's your take on the veracity of the quality of those guys' play?
1: Well, I look at 49 home runs as 12 away from Roger Maris and there are a lot of guys that have done that in their career that's, that's assuming that Andre Dawson would have tied that record Andre Dawson in 1987 hit 49 home runs with the Cubs and we should just say you know with his knees he should have got on PEDs maybe he would have been the guy that hit 62 home runs uh, the way I look at it is this if no one ever aced the SAT let's pretend there's never been a perfect score on the SAT exam, but we finally see someone ace it. And we're like, oh my gosh. And then I get reminded, whoa, 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 what's about Three people did ace it. And I go, but wait a minute, they were caught, they were cheating. They had, they had the answers. No, 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 but, but you know their GPA, when they went to CBC, they had a 3.9. They had the, the ability to ace the SAT. I know they got caught cheating in the classroom, but they had the ability to do it, I believe. So we need to look at their perfect score in the SAT as if it would it really happened. And I go, wait a minute. One dude had a, an earpiece, and a guy was giving him the answers. The other guy had answers written on his hand, and they cheated on the SAT. Three guys cheated. They got perfect scores. We should not look at those perfect scores the same way as you look at a student who literally walked into the classroom and did something no one's ever done before.
0: Okay. So uh, I, I have a question for you, Greg. There, there is no speed limit on the Autobahn. If there is no rule for speeding on the Autobahn, can you get pulled over and get a ticket? Uh, I guess technically you could not. <laughs> okay. There was no rule. Mark McGuire could have walked over to Bud Sealy on 9 ninety eight and said, look, I just want you to know I'm all jacked up on roids. There was no collectively <laughs> bargained, right? He could have. There was no collectively bargained rule against him using that advantage. I, I made the point to Kerry. I said, so when all of baseball was being told, that they shouldn't lift weights, but one or two guys start lifting weights. They're utilizing something that's allowed by baseball that other people aren't utilizing. Well, why is it? Was lifting weights cheating then? No,
1: no, no. Because you know why? Hank Aaron had the ability to lift weights. Mm-hmm. He, he had the that that was allowed to him. He did not have the ability to go sit with a chemist and inject his veins full of some sort of chemical that was going to give him the opportunity to put up inauthentic numbers. But that wasn't allowed. That's my point.
0: There was no rule against it. Just because there's no rule against it doesn't mean
1: he didn't know what he was doing was wrong. There's a reason the guy cried when he sat down one-on-one with Bob Costas
0: and admitted what he did. So I want to go one step further here, okay? Because I think it would be disingenuous of us us to think, for example, that Ricky Henderson, who was with those A's teams, played till he was 46, hit a lot of home runs after that era started, stole a lot of bases after that era started. It would be disingenuous of us to think that he wasn't using some sort of a performance enhancer. So therefore, I believe Lou Brock is the all-time stolen base king. Nah, that's ridiculous. Ricky Henderson's
1: physicality, when he broke into the big leagues, was Ricky Henderson's physicality. He was a ripped Division I running back recruit the second he arrived. Could he have done it? Yeah, he may have done it. But my point is, his numbers with his stolen bases in the early 80s were dynamic. He wasn't putting up crazy home run numbers. He was a ripped specimen his entire career. Nothing changed. I was in Studio 42 the night Aaron Judge was drafted in the first round. I shook his hand. The guy looks exactly the same as when he came out of Fresno State. I remember I have a rookie card, a future card, a futures card of of Mark McGuire coming out of USC. Not the same physical human being the night he broke the record in Bush Stadium. Not the same looking human being. Look at Barry Bonds the day he came out of Arizona State. Come on. When he hit over 70 home runs, that, you can multiply the Arizona State, Barry Bond, times three, and that's what you saw that night when he did it for the San Francisco Giants. Sammy Sosa was a skinny kid with the Chicago White Sox, not even the same human when he hit over 60 home runs with the Chicago Cubs. This is the authenticity factor that we're talking about. And Ricky Henderson arrived in the big leagues looking the way he did. Ricky Henderson was playing in the mid-40s. He was in his mid-40s looking the same way he did. The guy was a physical specimen. The answer is in front of your
0: eyes. And by the way, how many many 45-year-old players are playing now? Well, there's a 40, there's a 42 year old player that's done a pretty damn good job for the St. Louis Cardinals. He has done a pretty good job for the St. Louis Cardinals, as has
1: uh, Jose Quintana, who uh, for the month of September is, is pitching. His he's, his ERA is point eight nine. Uh, what are your thoughts regarding this this starting rotation uh, for the wild card round? And has he pitched himself into a potential start uh, for this wild card round? Again, it's a tricky question because to answer it, you're eliminating someone, right? And so, who are you eliminating from the starting rotation? Adam Wainwright's going to pitch in any game at Bush Stadium, right? Check. Adam Wainwright's got to start. Jordan Montgomery has earned himself a spot in the rotation. I know his last couple haven't been dominant, but we all agree his stuff is better than Jose Quintana at this stage of Quintana's career. Despite the fact Quintana is missing barrel, he's doing a great job. Uh, Then you got Miles Michaelis, who I think you want getting the ball. And now Jack Flaherty throws everything out of whack because his last start was really good. He's got the best stuff in the rotation. He's had the best stuff in the rotation for years. If he can't start and give you five, wouldn't you want Jack Flaherty to start? So I, I don't know. Here's the way I look at it. I think Jose Quintana makes a case for being the great piggyback starter. Jose, be ready to rock. If any of our guys get in trouble early on, you're the first person we're going to, and we believe in you coming out of the bullpen. I know we're going to throw you out of whack in terms of being a creature of habit and starting every fifth day. I know you like doing that, but we need you to be a piggyback starter. So I I don't think he starts a game. I do not, and I I do think it will be incredibly valuable for the Cardinals coming out of the bullpen.
0: Who would you rather the Cardinals play in the first round, Philadelphia or Milwaukee.
1: I I personally think the Cardinals would rather play than the Milwaukee Brewers. They've already got so many reps against them. Uh, I I think the Phillies lineup with Nick Castellanos back in it uh, scares me. I know they're playing terrible baseball on the north side of Chicago. The Cubs are beating them. I, I just don't like the Cardinals' staff inability to strike people out compared to that Phillies lineup. That Philly's lineup can get really hot and you got a mess on your hands. I think the Cardinals are much more comfortable beating the Milwaukee Brewers. And I, I, I say that hating the fact I, – I look at the perfect formula to win a World Series, the team that's got the top two starting pitchers, and that one red-hot reliever. And if you look at that game last night, Woodruff fits that criteria along with Corbin Burns. And then Devin Williams coming out into the seventh inning, pitching the way he did. I I think they're a dangerous team from that perspective. But I think if you ask the Cardinals to a man, they'd rather play the Brewers. See me, Greg. I would. I would much rather play the Phillies, just because, for the same reason the, the Brewers know the Cardinals just as well. And and there's going to be something I think in the Brewers' mind of of watching the Cardinals celebrate on their field to win the division. Those types of things stick with you. Do you do you think that that could be a potential a hazard for the Cardinals if they were to play the Brewers just based off of that? Well, I, I, you also look at the way they performed at home right? So with home field advantage for the Cardinals, how did the Cardinals play against the Brewers at Bush stadium? Uh, I, I, my biggest issue with the Cardinals until you get to the ninth inning and Ryan Helsley's unbelievable. I, he's up there with Edwin Diaz, the top two closures in baseball uh, on the national league side for me uh, in terms of stuff. He might have better stuff than Edwin Diaz who has been amazing. I, I just think if the balls in play a lot, in, in, in playoff baseball then you need to compare the lineups if you can pick between the two if you know you're not going to mow them down in the first six innings of a playoff game which lineup would you prefer making contact off of you the phillies lineup or the brewers lineup and when the best player for the brewers is putting up a jason hayward-esque <laughs> season like christian Yelich put up this year I'm taking the Brewers lineup over the Phillies.
0: All right, Greg Amsinger, one more thing. Yesterday, we or earlier in the week, we had Buster only on, and he talked about the vulnerability of the Dodgers. They just won their 107th game. That's a club record, 107 wins for the Dodgers. How vulnerable do you think L.A. is? extremely vulnerable.
1: I mean, the the Craig Kimbrell issue is going to be a glaring one. They thought they fixed it when they let go of Kenley Jansen and decided to bring in Craig Kimbrell. And now Kimbrell, who has struggled mightily, there's a question mark in the back end of that bullpen. Anytime that happens, and I know we've seen starters get the final outs in a World Series game. That's like the in-vogue thing. We've seen Chris Sale do it. We've seen Charlie Borden do it. We've seen uh, Julio Arias do it. We've about the the, the Dodgers. Uh, We've seen Madison Bumgarner do it. But you need that guy in multiple innings come October to put out the fire. And I just don't think it exists in the Dodgers' bullpen. And let's also consider, without Walker Bueller, that is a huge miss. That is a huge miss. He is their swing and miss starter. Clayton Kershaw's history in October baseball is what it is. And at this age, is is he striking fear in any lineup? come postseason baseball, Julio Arias, I love him. I don't think he's a game one guy in comparison to the other teams in the National League who clearly have game one guys. So I think the Dodgers, as great as they are, I've said this many times, there are two different seasons. It's the marathon, which is regular season baseball. Then it's the sprint, which is playoff baseball, short playoff series. The Dodgers were perfectly designed for the marathon. I mean, what Mm -hmm. a marathon they've ran. I just don't believe they're going to win the
0: sprint. They can wow. get knocked out early. Wow. Greg uh, Amsinger, MLB Network. So you've got Ruth, you've got Maris, you've got Judge, you've got Sosa, McGuire, Bonds. Only one of those happened in baseball heaven.
1: <laughs> well, I know, Aaron Judge, I know Aaron Judge is walking around with a halo.
0: So I'm going to believe in number 99. You're the best. Have a great weekend, Greg. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Uh oh, you guys are the best. See ya. See you later, brother. That is Greg Amzinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN.
1: Membership fees apply after free
0: trial. Cancel
1: anytime.